0: Tyler Turner, welcome to In The Pews. Awesome. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Now, I understand you drove all the way in from San Antonio.
1: Yep. Came in last night. Um, I'm a high school official for football. And so we had a Friday Night Lights game and Uh then 2 a.m. got here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Are you
0: staying with relatives or friends? Yeah, my in-laws. They live out here in the woodlands. Okay. Wow. Thank you so much for taking the trip. Now, I understand that you are a convert. From the Baptist
1: church Uh um, that bred over to a non-denominational background. And then here we are in the bosom of the Catholic church.
0: Wow. Now, did you grow up here in Houston? I did. I grew up in in Sugar Land, Uh Siena. So you were not Catholic when you grew up? No, no. um, Baptist all all the way.
1: Baptist my entire life. Um, I was received into the Catholic church June 13th, uh, 2021. So uh, two years ago.
0: Okay, so you lived most of your life as a Baptist. Yes. So yes. growing up, it was all Baptist church with your, with your family.
1: Baptist church. Um, then when I went to college, I went to Texas A&M. Uh, started going to some non-denominational churches. Uh-huh. Um, and then when I graduated, I actually, I moved to New York to work in banking. And so I uh, went to Hillsong. Um, actually. And so a huge, huge Protestant church. Um, And then it was COVID that I moved back to Houston. Um, And and that's where this journey begins.
0: Wow. So growing up, what did you think about Catholics? So growing
1: up, we had a super diverse, you know, friend group. I had a super diverse background. And so um, I I knew a lot of Catholics. Uh Right. Um, So it was, I don't understand why they, you know, pray to Mary. Are they worshiping her? What is going on there? Uh Um, The mass, I didn't understand it, you know, I'm used to awesome praise and worship music, and then I'm used to you know hearing a hundred Bible verses throughout a sermon, uh-huh. and, and you know the homilies were short, so it didn't really make sense to me. But I did know a lot of Catholics, so I didn't you know necessarily have an issue with it. It just it wasn't for me.
0: Okay, so did you go to
1: you know masses every once in a while? Every every once in a while, I would go to masses, and um, my college roommate, my best friend, he's actually the godson. Uh, a godfather for my son, he um, he was Catholic. And so we would actually trade off in college. Um, I would go to mass a few times with him, and then he would go to whichever Protestant church that I was going to. Um, and then my freshman year roommate, he was uh, Catholic, and he actually entered the seminary this year. Wow. Yeah. Wow, who's that? Um, his name is David Neal. He's out of Austin. Right okay.
0: Now. And he's there in the, the seminary. Yes. That's, that's fantastic. So growing up, you have a pretty positive you know, opinion or, you know, view of Catholicism, but you just kind of dabbled in it. Yeah.
1: So I would say um, with Catholicism, it was it was an option amongst many. Okay. Right. It was, it was I saw it as an, an option amongst many and a, a, a cultural fit for a lot of the friends that I had. Um, mm-hmm. You know, their grandparents were Catholic, so they were Catholic. But, you know, I grew up, my grandfather was a Baptist preacher. And so mm. I was really biblically literate. Uh-huh. And a lot of my friends that were Catholic simply weren't. Uh-huh. And so, you know, I kind of had the, you know, in my head, you know, the, the, the moral thought that, well, I mean, I know the Bible. They don't. So I don't know what they're learning in
0: there. Uh-huh. <laughs> so did you feel like, oh, I'm superior? Yeah. I
1: mean, to, to a certain extent, just because, I mean, you know, from, from that perspective, you know, the Bible alone. Right. And so you really do dive into Scripture uh, because that is, you know, one of the sole ways that you can, you know, unite yourself with Christ.
0: Uh huh, and that's how you grew up. That's that's how I grew up. Did you think about becoming a, a preacher yourself in the Baptist Church? You know, I've I've always loved to speak. Uh, my grandfather
1: was a preacher. I think my dad considered it, uh-huh. um, but I was super focused on athletics and in 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 business and wanted to be an entrepreneur. But I'm not going to say it didn't cross my mind because you know I could have been an entrepreneur. And a preacher, you know, it's it's one uh-huh. of those things where you can you can do both. So it it it, it did cross my mind.
0: It's not like Catholic when you decide yeah, to you, become a priest. That's you, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're celibate. You're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you leave everything else behind. <laughs> you literally, yeah. like
1: the disciples. I mean, you, you go and follow, right? You you still kind of have one foot in, you know, your interest um, in the process community I was in, and then you can still you know hold a church.
0: It was an option. It was it was an it was an option, just like the Catholic Church at the time. It was exactly. An, it was one of many options. Did you did you ever date any? Catholics? I did not. I did not.
1: I never, I never did date any Catholics. And and I would honestly say um, it wasn't until college and after college that I met um, really devout Catholics that I could really dialogue about scripture that actually really did know their
0: faith. Mm, so growing up, the Catholics you knew were kind of just peripherally Catholic. I mean, we were, we were kids. Right, and, yeah, because you don't really, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, I we're was kids. like that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like right. that was me. Yeah, <laughs> love Jesus. Okay, check. <laughs> yeah. Go, go and do my Sunday mass. Yeah. Check, because my parents said so. Yeah, you M-
1: memorize a couple verses in case anyone quizzes you. Check.
0: <laughs> Choose a saint that you like. Check. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that was it, and but the, but it was after college. That's when you started. Yes, you and your friends, yep. the ones that uh, that you knew that you went to church with.
1: So so actually, um, I had a really good friend. Um, and he uh, went to college, we went to high school together. And so when he went to college, he had this radical conversion. Mm. And um, he started posting on social media all these things about Catholicism. And at this time, you know, I was really getting more, you know, uh, into scripture myself. And, you know, you start having some you know, alarms that, OK, is this Catholic teaching contradicting what I'm reading in the Bible from my you know, interpretation? Uh-huh. Right. And so uh, we disagreed about some things around Catholic social teaching. Right. Because I was still Protestant at that time. And so we began dialoguing. And um, that's when he pretty much made a definitive and bold statement to me after kind of months of dialogue. And, and he presented me and he, he basically, the proposition was that the Catholic church is the one true church that Jesus Christ founded. And I mean, that statement's either true or it's false. How, right? do, how do you react to that? Well, I mean, it's unsettling, uh-huh. right? Because it's an audacious claim, right? Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's a bold claim. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's saying, well, this is the truth. And in, in, it's not an option amongst many. This, this is, you know, the way that Christ designed the ordinary means that he gave us. And so, I mean, it's unsettling because my whole life is, I mean, I don't have that perspective. Uh-huh. What are you trying to say? You know?
0: Yeah. It's like, I can, I can worship the way I want to worship. Yeah, I, I, can worship much I
1: can worship the way I want to worship. Uh-huh. Um, you know, church is, is, is just me. It's not an actual, uh, visible uh, sign that distributes sacraments. It's not a physical body. Um, you know, so that's unsettling to any, you know, convert.
0: So you grew up thinking, Oh, if I don't like this particular church, I can go to that church. Yes. I can go to, and I'm still in, you know, I'm yes. still good. And, and then too, you
1: know, as you know, you begin to really get into Catholicism and you understand mortal and venial sins. And, um, you know, that Catholic guilt's real as a, as a convert, <laughs> I will tell you that because, you know, I had never done an examination of conscience. I had never actually sat down and understood where in my life am I having shortcomings? You know, where, where am I not reconciling every thought and desire to Christ? Um, and, and from that perspective is you don't have a sense of urgency to holiness. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's my, my day-to-day decisions and day-to-day choices. You know, they're transient, but I still love Jesus. I'm once saved, always saved. That was my understanding. And, you know, when you get proposals like that and start looking into the teachings of the
0: church, I mean, it, it paralyzes you. It shook me. Wow. So what did you do when when you had that conversation with that friend? What was the first thing you did? We try to prove him wrong. Right. Because okay. <laughs> he's either, he's
1: either wrong or right. Right. And uh-huh. so I'm going to try to prove you wrong. Right. And so I, you know, I, I am an inquisitive person. I always have been. I can dialogue without emotion, you know, and uh-huh. actually look into something, you know, with an unbiased perspective. And so the only way to actually, you know, try to refute those claims is to understand what the church actually teaches. Uh-huh. Like, Do they actually worship Mary? Well, let me actually see what the church teaches and not just, you know, what my uh, perception may be. Or what you've always been told. Or what I've always been told by uh-huh. people that weren't Catholic or the Catholics that, like I said, didn't even know the faith themselves.
0: Uh-huh. So you went into church teaching, into Catholic teachings. Yeah. So looking
1: at the early church fathers, right? So you're you're looking at the Bible's like, okay, Christ crucified in 33 AD. Okay, let's start here. Uh-huh. Well, how did we get to 2023? Uh huh. Like like what happened? So you begin to read the early church fathers and I was like, oh, snap. You know, and you you, you, you begin <laughs> to look into history and then um, even when I was beginning to look into the lives of the saints, the people that the church venerates is I was looking at them and I was like, these people were so radically conformed to Christ that, you know, if if this is the servant, who's the fault? Fo- like, you, you know, who, who are they following? You uh-huh. know, it, it, it was it was you can't really argue against Mother Teresa like. Even as a Protestant, like she, she was a a holy woman. She was living the life. She she was, you know, she was embodying (laughs) every aspect of the Beatitudes. So, um, you know, beginning to look into church history um, and then even the origins of some of the practices that I had in understanding that well, actually this interpretation of the Bible that I have actually just came about. Like Mm -hmm. this hasn't been widely believed. And and at that point, um, I didn't have enough faith to still be Protestant.
0: Now, what? particular teaching uh did you read that really made you stop and think it, you know made you take a breath and look back and say whoa. it was peter really yeah do you yeah. remember any particular uh,
1: in 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 Matthew when it says you know on this rock i built this church uh-huh right or and i i built this church but i built my church and it was it was christ you know giving peter you know the supremacy and and being the prince of the apostles uh-huh. that um what was the church that was built on Peter? You know, what, like what, what, what was that church? And historically, the only thing that I can find that went back to the time of Christ was the Catholic church. And, and it, it shook me, it, it, it shook me that if there was a church back then that was, that was visible, that was physical, that, that had followers that had a definitive teaching that said, this is in, this is out. It could have been no church,
0: but the Catholic faith. So what did you do with that once you, you know, you come to this realization and you're sitting there, you're reading this and you're like, wow. Yeah. So I think that
1: basically before you kind of, you know, are confronted with the truth or confronted with a proposal, there's like this freedom uh, that, that you have of options. Right. It's this idea of freedom. Right. Uh-huh. And then once you find the truth and, and you study and you, you find that, OK, this actually is, I mean, you either have to submit to it or reject it. And so, like it was like I said, it was it was in my conscience that I I can't find the rebuttals I need. So did you talk to anybody about it? So I would I begin talking to him a lot. Um, and then my best friend um, in college, who who's now my um, son's godfather, uh-huh. um, he was raised Catholic. And like I said, we would kind of trade off going to masses. Uh-huh. And I, I connected. I said, hey, man, um, I know in college I would kind of be telling you that, you know, we need to go to this church because mass is boring, <laughs> you know, cause I didn't understand the liturgy. Yeah. Um, and I said, Hey man, I, I think your grandparents were right. Mm. I, I, I truly do believe that the Catholic faith is the faith that Christ left us and, and, and he wants us to be a part of it. And at that point he wasn't really practicing, you know, he, he hadn't been to confession in 10 years. Right. And, wow. and, and, and so we began to have all these conversations, and it, it, it kind of hit that we both started building each other up. You know, because even when I had some of the other Catholics in my life that I knew that I had befriended in my adult life, I was getting excited because you just want to share everything when you yeah. convert, right? Like <laughs> yeah. you're just, you're like on a rampage. <laughs> you're on fire. Yeah, you're on fire. And so I'm, hey, y'all, I was reading St. Ignatius of Antioch. Like if you see what St. Justin the Martyr said, like if uh-huh. you, um, you know, look at the Didache, and they were like, what are you talking about? And then it hit me, it was like, wait, what do you mean? Like you never read The Church Fathers? Like you don't, this is what the church like teaches. Like this is what it's held. Like, you don't what do you mean you don't know what they're talking about? Like, what do you mean you can skip mass? Like, I'm reading right here, and it's just uh-huh. like you you have to go to mass. Um, and so I think that was a shock. That was a shock of, you know, you're finding all these truths, but then you're realizing that the actual like catechesis level across the board is people don't really understand that.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's why people fall away from and the And that's church. why people fall away yeah. from the church. Now, well, you said you came to this realization, was there a part of you that still tried to fight it? That said, no, 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 no. I still got to prove this wrong. I still, you know, because sometimes people dig their heels in. So I'm a really scrupulous person, right? And, and,
1: and, and as a convert, it's hard because, you know, you can get anxiety. And, 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 but in the same breath, it has helped my sense of, urgency to holiness. And so when I found the truth, like I'm a committed person, I committed to it. I did. The hardest part was not necessarily committing to the church because it was, it was undeniably true. The hardest part was my social life. Mm, Why is that? I mean, because you've, you fixate, fixated and oriented, you know, everything in your social life and what you consume and what media and entertainment you enjoy mm. uh, to what is pleasurable, what is fun, what is entertaining um, and, and how it reconciles to Christ is kind of a secondary option. And so the deeper you get into Catholicism, you begin to realize that, you know, all of these things that we consume have spiritual implications and it's hard to detach. Mm. It's hard. You know, you built relationships with a lot of people over decades at that point. Um, and that's who they fell in love with. And then now they're confronted with, well, I don't know who this Tyler is. Who is
0: this guy? Oh, did you talk to a, a like a Baptist preacher when you, when you come to all this realization and all this studying? You,
1: you know, I didn't, I, I I actually didn't. I talked to quite a few of my friends and, and, um, that were Protestant and really, really strong goodwill Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I had found is that the rebuttals that I was having uh, and the rebuttals that that I found answers to, um, you know, biblically, I found them historically um, in scripture. I found them in the catechism. I, I found them even in natural law in studying, you know, just philosophy. Uh-huh. Their answers were kind of on emotion and feeling and, and not doctrinally. This is what has been historically taught. And so I was kind of in the catch 22 of, you know, I didn't have a, a confidant necessarily. Um, and so I began to kind of talk to priests, and I would start going to daily mass and I couldn't receive, but I was just sitting in there and I was saying, oh wow, these people really do believe that this is Christ in the host. Mm-hmm. Um, and my wife, um, she was baptized Catholic. She fell away from the church for about maybe 20 years or so. Uh huh. Um, and so whenever I had my radical conversion, she was like, this is not the guy I fell in love with. What
0: in the world are oh, so you, you talking about? You met each other before you converted? Yes.
1: Oh wow. Yes. And so she had left the faith. And then all of a sudden I'm saying, Hey, uh, babe, no, no, we gotta do this thing.
0: Like this <laughs> this is for real. So when you got married, what church did you get married in?
1: Um, we got married at the Co Cathedral of the Sacred Heart um last year. Last okay. Year.
0: But I mean when you originally. Uh... I, I got I got um confirmed at
1: uh Saint Teresa's um in Sugarland.
0: Okay. So you met each other, you were dating as
1: non-Catholics. As non-Catholics. And then I had a absolute radical conversion and we were living, you know, a very secular life. So you weren't married yet when you... No, okay. No. And we were living a very secular uh, life at at, at that point. And then all of a sudden, you know, I woke up and we put the brakes on a lot, (laughs) you
0: know. Did you think that she might break up with you? Oh, yes. Oh, Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, so and by the grace a, of God she she didn't and now we're married and we have a child, so that but was a real risk it, it, it was, but I had even told her i said i I can't walk away it, 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 it it's almost like even in the Bible even um when on the discourse of the Eucharist when when um Peter says to whom shall I go I believe it was Peter, but he says to whom shall I go and and, and that's how I had the feeling I had about the Catholic Church and that's what I was telling my wife is that I, I can't walk back what I've learned, Uh-huh. you know, like we have to submit to this, you know, because there were just so many implications that I was reading into that would affect our marriage that I wanted us to be on the same page.
0: Mm. So she was, she had fallen away from the church. So you, the two of you, do you go into like RCIA together? So I went to RCIA
1: and was confirmed and received um, in 2021. Um, she was confirmed and received about eight months later she was confirmed and, and fully uh, received into the church. Um, what about, yeah, about six months later. Uh, and so that was a huge, huge blessing. And then she's on fire. She's on fire. That's awesome. So both of you together. Both of us together. And we um, <laughs> and then we named our son um, Augustus Tolton. So his name is Tolton. And he was the first black priest in the United States.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. So you, what about your friends and relatives? You said that you socially, you were living a different kind of lifestyle. Yep. And you start to make changes. Was there a struggle with, you know, with friends and family? Oh, a hundred percent there were
1: struggles. I think um, I'm still on the way. I'm still on the, on the road to sanctity. I'm still, you know, striving day in and day out for, for holiness and, and to reconcile every, every desire and intention um, to Christ. Uh, but I would say like saints do make saints. And so there's a lot of my close friends that have really dove into their faith. Um, you know, as, as, as me and my wife have dove in, um, I would say my family as well. Um, you know, I think one of the hardest things for me was socially, when I began to look into Catholic social teaching, I was so convicted on the pro-life cause. Mm. I was, it, it was, it was one of the things that it just, it shook me to the core as, as the conversation of racism in the country, you know, was, was, was at its peak is, is, is that was like, I was we have to defend the, the rights to the unborn. We we have the right to life. We have to. And so a lot of people don't like that. And I didn't know that. Really? Yeah. And so I, I, I did lose quite a few people that meant a lot to me and they still mean a lot to me. Um, you know, and, and, and I'm praying for them and I'm hoping that we can, um, you know, come to sit at the same table and have an honest discussion that, you know, Christ uh, loves you and and has mercy, but these are the teachings. And as Christians, uh, we do have to give a voice to the voiceless. And and I think that's, um, I I lost a lot of people um, in my life because of that. And it it, it caused some heartache, but um, you have to stand up for the truth.
0: Now, we can't ignore that you are a black man. Yes. And then, you know, going into the Catholic church, you know, you said that you grew up Baptist that was, was that a struggle with like some of your family? And yes. It's... Yes, it was. And, and, and I think the, 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 reality is that like
1: representation does matter. Like, even if you look at like Mary depicted in other cultures, so many times we depict her, um, in, in, in our cultural heritage, uh, because I mean, we're, we're people, you know, that, that's how we receive love. That's, that's how we view and find commonalities and community. And so I think, I think around like 4% of, of Catholics in the U S are black. Mm-hmm. And even when you go to so many major parishes, now there's a very strong African uh, influence in the Catholic church and, yes. and they're super strong. But when it comes to a- actual African Americans, where are we? And, mm-hmm. and, 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 it, and it hurts, you know, and, and, and it troubles me because I, I'm trying to invite so many close people in my lives that, that are also black. And it's hard when they're looking for a community, but I can't give them that, you know, the church needs us and we need the church. Um, and 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 so that has been one of my main priorities that I'm trying to drive, you know, since my conversion of bringing more of my brothers and sisters in. Yeah,
0: because you don't want to be the token black guy. <laughs> you don't. You don't want to be and, <laughs> an expert,
1: a, 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 especially when you know you're standing up for so many causes that I that affect our community. Yeah. You know, abortion kills the most black people. Like, it, like it, this is targeted to us. And, and, and this is one of those things that, hey, if we all get on one accord and, and we all, you know, restructure the and, 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 you know, stop listening to certain media and entertainment that puts us in a bad light and leads to vice and not virtue and, and talks about our women in derogatory ways, I think we can really see a shift in our own culture. But we can't have that conversation unless we're all kind of on one accord.
0: Now as a as a black man, you mentioned Catholic social teaching and, you know, race issues. What what, you know, about Catholic social teaching, you know, hit you the most? So
1: of... during my conversion, when I was really looking to the church, it was actually at the height of like the George Floyd incident. Mm. Right. And so um th- there there was kind of a racial divide in, in a lot of communities and in the country. Right. And so when I started looking into Catholic social teaching, I was really beginning to see that race is beautiful, culture is beautiful, language is beautiful, but that is not our primary identity. Our primary identity is in Christ, mm-hmm. right? We're made in his image and likeness, all of us across every nationality, yeah. every na- ethnicity. And so what I was beginning to see is that so many uh, people in my community, especially in a black community, we were putting race and being you know pro-black um, in a, in a position to where we would, negotiate on Christian values and Christian morals. And I'm sure that happens in other communities too. I'm just specifically speaking about, you know, us right now. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it it troubled me because we have to be pro-God first. We, we cannot compromise the teachings of Christ for different circumstances. And um, that, that began to kind of hit me is that our, our identity is in Christ and, you know, the Catholic church. Um, and then from that, we can, you know, look at all the different cultures and ethnicities in their correct light and orient ourselves
0: um, accordingly. It's crazy how all of this is happening at the same time you're same having time. your conversion.
1: Yep. <laughs> wow. On top of that, uh, this past uh, Easter, my mom uh, at 58 years old, she converted to the Catholic church. Wow, that's fantastic. Yes, yes. Wow. And my sister, she's a big listener um, of Father Mike Smith's. Uh-huh. Um, so she listens to the catechism in a year, the Bible in a year. And
0: so um, it's awesome. It's a blessing. That is wonderful. Now you were recommended by Gabe Castillo. How how did you and he get the you know in contact with each other? Yeah. So when I was in RCIA at Saint Teresa's, um, we're Gabe's.
1: At um, I was going to adoration for thirty three days straight. Because when you're converting, I mean, I had so much spiritual warfare because you're detaching from so many sins, mm-hmm. um, so much lust and all of these things that, you know, of, of, of the flesh. And so I had so much spiritual warfare going on and so much scrupulosity. So I was instructed to go to adoration for 33 days and I would always see Gabe in there. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who he was. I had no idea. I didn't know anyone at the parish because this is like at the height of COVID, right? Uh-huh. But, but I would see him in there. And then um, at that time, I couldn't go to confession yet but I would still go look in the church and sit at the, at the back in a pew and just, just sit in silence and soak it in. Uh-huh. I didn't know what to do. I just knew I should be in there. Um, and I would still see Gabe. I was like, dude, why is this guy always here? So anyway, um, my family and I, we went to mass one Sunday and um, we were walking out and I just walked right into him. Like I opened the door to leave the church and he was looking at me. It was, it was weird. <laughs> and uh, he was like, hey, do you want to help teach the youth? And I was like, yeah, sure. And, and from that, um, I was under him for faith formation, uh, for the confirmation for the youth at St. Teresa's. And um, we we built a good friendship. And um, I just learned so much from him um, that, you know, I look at him as a mentor and, you
0: know, here we are. Oh, he's a great guy. Yes, he is. He's given us some fantastic recommendations uh, over the years with, with the podcast and the support he has of the show. It's fantastic. Now, you 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 start building your life now around your faith. What was the... As a, as a convert, what was the, the most, I'd say, the most difficult part of converting to the church? The most difficult part. Or something that most people wouldn't think about. What, what, is there something that, as a convert, people don't realize that you have to deal with? I would say the most difficult part for
1: me particularly was the intellectual ascent that it takes. And, and, and it is a movement of the Holy Spirit in the heart. And that's, that's where it, it, it solely has to be to actually reorient your life. But I think it was the apologetics piece, because if you've done something your whole life, and then all of a sudden you switch course with, mm-hmm. with teachings that are really different <laughs> uh, you know, from your prior <laughs> understanding, is that you have to give a defense for the faith. You have to give a defense when people ask you, why Mary? Uh-huh. Why confession? Why is the priest celibate? Uh-huh. You 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 have to be able to give an answer that is both biblically accurate, um, that is historically, um, you know, in line, um, and then also understand from the Protestant community where that understanding came from. And so from an apologetic standpoint, you know, that's really important. I look I look up to people like um, St. Uh, Cardinal uh, John Henry Newman. Mm hmm. And, you know, as a convert, like I looked up to him because these people gave defenses for the faith. You know, G.K. Chesterton, even like a C.S. Lewis. Like, Mm, yeah, I think for me, that was the hardest part is that when I'm getting these answers, I owe it to my loved ones to know why I believe what I do.
0: That must be even harder than being a cradle Catholic, because as a cradle Catholic, people just say, "Okay, you know, you, you grow up as a Catholic. It's kind of accepted. Yes. But yes. then if you're converting, you've got to defend why you're converting. You, you have to defend why you're converting. And then you also
1: have to prove the accuracy of it and and why this this is something that you should look into and not good for me, not good for you. No worries. Well, what kind of reactions have you gotten? I think the reaction has been positive just because I've really laid out my case. I I've really... And, and then too, I think that... Um, the proof also is in sanctity. This switch has made me a better husband, a better father, uh, a better son, a better friend, a better coworker. And so I think the fruit from the conversion is that, well, yeah, this this guy has really tried to become Christ. And, 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 and so I think that's what people see. And so it's hard to kind of argue with that.
0: Mm-hmm. So as a convert into the church, what kind of reactions have you had to people who are you know already in the church? You know, when they find out that you've converted.
1: So I think one really interesting thing is that being a black convert has its own intricacies. Right. Because because there's just not that many of us. Uh-huh. Right. Because, I mean, you're 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 basically I mean, this was, um, you know, my Baptist background. That was the the faith of my entire family. And so here it is that all of a sudden now you're starting a whole new lineage of Catholics. Mm-hmm. Right. Where all my son knows is Catholicism yeah. now. But all I knew was not. You know, and so I think that when you when you meet, especially cradle Catholics in the church, I think a lot of things that we, um, you know, hold reverence to, sometimes I feel like they may take for granted, Mm. you know, really understanding um, that, you know, there are structured prayers. Really understanding, you know, the incense and the Gregorian chant and and, 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 in having saints and these role models that you can look up to up and down the centuries from every culture and every walk of life. That's things that I believe some cradle Catholics I've been in touch with. They take for granted. They don't understand the importance of it. Even having just a Catholic community, you have feast days. We have solemnities. We didn't have that, you know, holy days of obligation. We didn't have that. And so when I see some of the creative Catholics I know not necessarily giving their all to these things, it's kind of like, man, you don't know the treasure that you have. Wow. You don't know what you have. You're skipping mass. Do you really understand what's happened at the sacrifice? <laughs> you know. So I think that's the um, that's that that's the hard part. Is like like we talked about, people are leaving the church because they don't know. Mm. They don't know.
0: And th- that's what you've experienced. Yes. So when you so you're saying uh, another thing is like as a black guy going you know as a convert do people think oh you're you're from louisiana or yeah. your, your parents are nigerian yep. or so, do you get a lot of that uh, i do i do and especially cuz of my darker complexion and my
1: wife is from new orleans uh uh-huh. so okay. her whole family yeah they were all catholic right um and so me though being you know just southern black baptist i mean it's even when i still you know around some of my uh family and friends um they're like I still don't get this. It still this still just, just <laughs> doesn't does, doesn't make sense to me. But um I, I think that we have an opportunity a huge opportunity to have so many African Americans come into
0: the church. I I I really really do. What's your parish now there in San? Antonio? Um I
1: go to Our Lady of Atonement, it's an Anglican uh, ordinariate. So the oh, okay. chair St.
0: Peter, yep. So how does that differ the, the from uh you know the other Catholic churches?
1: So um we're at Orientum. Um the, the, the kind of Anglican, you know, spin on the liturgy. I mean, it's beautiful. I mean, there's like, a, like a lot of old English. Um, I, I absolutely love it. I mean, it's, it's, everybody has huge families. It's, it's very, you know, baby, you know, welcoming. Mm-hmm. I love it.
0: Okay. Is, is that easier for you to go to a parish like that? That's uh, or it doesn't really, it's actually 45 minutes from my house. Oh wow. But when I walked
1: into that parish, um, you, it, it, I feel like I entered another world, you mm-hmm. know. Like just, just hearing the the Gregorian chant and in and, and hearing, you know, the way that they were singing and just the reverence um, that that I experienced in the atmosphere. And I mean, they smoked that church out with incense, <laughs> like literally, they smoked that church out. So I think from that regard, it was it was an otherworldly experience. For one hour every Sunday, you know, I I can forget
0: everything. That's awesome. What advice do you give to anyone who's you know, looking at converting or who has the questions that you had and that, you know, want to look deeper into it? I would, I would say the first thing is that
1: you really have to put your faith on trial. You have to put your convictions on trial. You have to put what you actually uh, believe and why you believe it on trial. Um, And, and when you do that, you know, you can uh, reaffirm what you do believe, which for me led me into the Catholic church. Right. Because the deeper you get in history, like you'll cease to be Protestant just because the early church was Catholic and it always has been uh, even even to the present day. Um, and so I would say it's, it's really just having a hunger and an appetite for knowledge, uh, for truth and just for expanding your faith and really stu- studying the scriptures and not how it just pertains to your life as of right now in your current circumstances, but how it pertains to the whole salvific role I, uh, that, that Christ has.
0: What advice would you give to someone who's, let's say, um, they're of another denomination and yet they have a friend or a family member that is thinking of converting? So one, one thing that I
1: did and that I'm still currently doing um, is that when I converted, I wrote a nine page paper mm. on why I believe the Catholic Church is the church that Christ left us. And this is how I can prove it. And I gave that paper to my mom. And she read it. A year later, she's Catholic. That paper was not the sole reason. The Holy Spirit moved her. She did her own research. She looked on her own. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely think that it helped. And so, what I'm doing now, and then what I think other people can do, especially for family members that fell away, or even as converts for people that are trying to get their friends and families to come into the church, is that um, you have to create something. You know, Gabe creates videos. Um, you know, y'all have a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a writer, I like to write. And so I'm writing a book right now and I'm I'm directing this book at my um, black brothers and sisters, really all African-American Christians that I can get this in front of. And I'm writing why we need the Catholic church and why the church needs us. Um, and, and I think when you create something that people can digest because we're consumers by nature, but when we create something that we can digest, people will hear it from you, right? So for example, I dove into, you know, Brent Petrie and Scott Hahn. And you start reading all mm-hmm. these theologians. But if I handed a stack of books to one of my friends, they're not going to read it. Yeah. But if I hand them a book that I wrote, they will read
0: it. Yeah. It's something they can really sink their teeth into, something that they can relate to. They can
1: relate to. And then also... When you're writing yourself or creating yourself, and even if you're good at singing and you write a song to help someone understand Catholicism better, you can have in your mind the questions that you know those people in your life are struggling with, yeah, or those questions that they have, and then you can kind of formulate whatever you're creating around that.
0: And it's from that unique perspective that you have exactly. yeah, and that that might actually relate to the person who's consuming it. yeah, yep, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so what advice would you have to, let's say, to somebody who's already in the church, but they see somebody who's converting? Somebody like you? Huh.
1: That is a really good question. I think that somebody that's already in the church and they, they see a convert is um, welcome in and give us community because the truth is, is that for the most part if we're a convert, our family has not yet also followed. Mm. And so we are longing for that community. We're longing to celebrate feast days with other people, right? And not just, you know, by our by ourselves or uh-huh. maybe just in our in our own household. Um, you know, we're looking forward to the Lenten season, um, you know, with with other people. And so I would say if you are a cradle Catholic or you've been in the church for a while and you see converts, invite them in to share in some of those those um, you know, traditions that we have in the church because they probably don't have that community outside of mm-hmm. the church.
0: Is there anything that you wish that the church did? differently for converts?
1: I think that if 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 there's one thing, it would be to this day, the most biblically literate people I know are still the people um, from my Baptist and non-denominational background. Um, I think we really do gotta learn the Bible. We have to learn, you know, how the magisterium has it to be interpreted, how the church fathers have written, um, We, 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 we need to, we, we gotta be students of scripture. And and I would say that's one thing that even coming into the church now, um, I still don't see from a lot of Catholics I know is that they don't know the Bible. And so when you get objections from other people about, you know, Catholicism, you can't necessarily back it up, you know, with the scripture and tradition because you don't know. Mm. And, and, And we're doing
0: our faith a disservice. Because mm. we have the, all this wealth of knowledge that we that we could share. Yeah,
1: I mean, we have the greatest theologians ever. I mean, you have people like Saint Thomas Aquinas, and <laughs> and and we don't know anything about any of his writings. You know, and, mm. and you like we have Saint Augustine. Yeah, and and That's and, what we're, I was and we're <laughs> not we're not even utilizing these these giants we have. Um, in in and, and I mean, you, literally, you can just go Google any of the saints' quotes, and you can uh-huh. make a book just writing their quotes. We, we need to use those and we don't. Um, and so I think that is one thing that, you know, the church, we, 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 we got to capitalize on.
0: Now, one of the things that a lot of Protestants have difficulty with when they, when they convert and when they look into Catholic teaching is Mary and the saints. Mm-hmm. Did you struggle with that? I did. And the rosary? I, I, I struggled. I struggled with Mary, um,
1: you know, just thinking that she was an ordinary woman. And, and and the deeper i had dove into typology and, and and dove into scripture i began to see that oh wow like she is the Ark of the Covenant. And you, you begin to read, you know, Scott Hahn, you begin to read um, all of these theologians and even what the saints have said up and down the centuries. And you saw, OK, wow, I actually see the role that Mary plays in the salvific plan. Right. I, I understand why her virginity uh, is important in, 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 in how it literally protects the entire plan that Christ had to redeem us. Um, and so it was hard at first, but that was not the, the hardest domino to fall. I think one of the hardest dominoes to the fall would have been like confession. Mm, really? It, yeah. I think that um, just understanding that you're actually telling me that Christ gave the authority to forgive sins to the apostles and their successors and their successors, you know, are the current clergy that we have, you know, the laying on of hands. And um, once I began to realize that it began to make sense, but it was so hard at first because truly it, 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 it forces you to call to mind your sins. And it forces you to really examine your conscience and, and realize that I actually have given consent to do what I know offended God just for my own pleasure, for very temporary means. And it hurts when you really think about it.
0: Do you remember your first confession? I do. I do. It
1: was, um, I think it was a couple of days before my uh, confirmation. Um, and I was sitting, um, I, w- I was sitting in the, the priest's office and we were having our confession mm-hmm. and, um, I had just the long list of everything that I could possibly remember from birth. Oh, well, wow. not from birth, but from like, what, like six years, as, as, uh-huh. as far back as I could remember. Yeah. And, um, as I'm going through the list, you know, I got emotional because I realized how sinful I really was. Mm. You know, it was, it was a reality check. It was that, Tali, you really believed this stuff, but look at the fruit of your actions. Like, and then, you know, even looking at my relationships um, in the past, I, I began to think about, well, I hurt a lot of people. Mm. I hurt a lot of people. And if people see me now, um, quote unquote, oh, he's all holier than thou now, uh-huh. what would they think? <laughs> and, you know, of course, there's time, there's room for conversion and we all need to understand that. But it still hit me that, you know, our actions sting and they do leave effects. Yeah. And so I could have been the reason that someone walked away from Christianity or say, oh yeah, that guy, you know, Christians, they say all this, but this is how he really did. Um, That, that was a reality check.
0: Oh man, you just got me. Cause I think about the same thing too, about my face being on this podcast and what some people who've known me, you know, years ago are probably thinking of that guy. Exactly. I mean, even
1: yeah, in that (laughs) same light, I know there's people right now probably that, you know, are probably going to listen and be like, oh, I knew him.
0: Oh, yeah, that guy used to tell these kinds yeah, of yeah, jokes. Yeah, 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 yeah. He used to do these kinds of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Wow. You yeah, know, it, you just got me right there. <laughs> but, 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 but I think that's just the fruit of
1: why our actions matter. Our actions matter. And, mm. and, and yes, you know, with contrite hearts, we're forgiven, but you know, people don't forget things. People forgive things, but they don't forget. And so we really do have to, you know, be Christ to other people in every aspect. So I think that was, that was a huge thing that con- confession taught me. And so now it's, you know, call to mind your sins and, and, and try to order your life accordingly.
0: Do you remember your first Eucharist? I do.
1: I do. I do. It was, um, it, it's, it's, you're waiting so long because you're going to mass, you go to mass, um, you know, during RCIA, but you can't receive. So you feel yeah. like, like you're like, you're missing the climax. You're missing everything that you're learning about. Yeah. Right. And so, um, it was just truly a blessing to get down on my knees and, 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 and receive Christ for the first time. And then you look at, I, I love Padre Pio and, and, you know, what he even writes about the Eucharist. And that was, that was an awesome experience. That was and an awesome experience. You know, the, the
0: hours that you spent in adoration too. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep.
1: All the hours in adoration as well. Yep. And then you couldn't even, I couldn't even receive. <laughs> wow. What did it feel like? It was awesome. It felt like, um, truly like here I am. I I am Catholic. Like I've arrived. Right. It's it, job's not done, but I'm here. I think one of the most moving things was, um, is when the, the priest holds up, uh, the, the, the consecrated host and said, behold, the lamb of God, mm-hmm. behold him who takes away the sins of the world. And that's when it hit me when I had actually heard that for the first time is like everybody, like you hear the bells and everybody had their eyes closed and they were uh, on the kneelers praying. And I you know was still trying to figure out what was going on early on. So I looked up and I saw everybody praying and I was like, oh, whoa, like he's actually meaning that this is the lamb of God. Uh-huh. And, and that's when it hit and I said, oh, wow. Okay, and then you go to adoration, and you see people kneeling in front of the, um, Christ in the Eucharist, and and then walking backwards so they don't turn their back. And that's when I know. Okay, no, 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 they actually believe. Mm-hmm.
0: This this nine page document that you said for your your mom, do you make that available to other people, or so, is it just something so private? So
1: I'm, I'm actually almost done. I have a book coming out. Okay, so it's um, part of the book. Yeah, that nine pages has expanded to eighty. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's basically. Um, Every everything that I wish I would have knew okay. um, uh, that th- th- that brought me into full communion with the church in, in, in the biggest objections I had. And um, I think I think God willing it'll bear fruit. And if it doesn't, then I learned a lot in the
0: process. <laughs> you got to let us know when it's when it's out. Do you have a target date for it? I I I I want to say I'll be done by the end of the year,
1: and then we'll kind of start working on publishing and those types of things. But um, you know, just the duties of
0: life are a lot. Uh, but well, yeah, because you're husband yeah, and a father exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but but I
1: think um I think by
0: the end of the year I can have it. done. So we're looking at maybe a launch sometime in twenty twenty four. Yes. Okay. We will let us know so we can you know post a link to it on Amazon or wherever you're gonna put it up, and yeah, so that we can let people you know who who. Who uh, hear your story and know about your story, and they can they they want to see what you know that that nine page document yep. came. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it'll be great, and um, like
1: I said, it's 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 for everybody, but particularly I'm talking uh, to try to bring you know my African American uh, Christians into the Catholic Church. That's that's the target audience, but I think everybody can can find fruit in it. Thank you
0: so much for, you know, for, for putting your effort into that and, you know, for coming all this way to tell your story and, uh, you know, we wish you and your family the best. Awesome. Thank you.